A few summers ago, my family drove out west to the Badlands in Utah. That beautiful, stark landscape, the red rocks. And we saw the power of the water that carved through those rocks and left behind those magnificent, magnificent landscapes. We wondered at the power of the water. It was hot those days. It was hot. One day, it was so hot, we stayed in the car the entire day. I am somewhat ashamed to say that we barely opened up the car door. At one point where there were prairie dogs along the edge of the highway that we wanted to see, we briefly released the door on the minivan to quickly look out and then shut it one more time so that we could remain nice and cool in the air conditioning of that car and drink our sodas and ice-cold water that we had in our cooler. We were thirsty. It was hot. Well, things were getting hot in the Sinai, but it was not just the weather. Tempers were hot as well. It was dry, and people were thirsty. They were wandering in the desert with no clear way forward, simply on the promise of a land that God would show them They did not know when. They did not know where. All they knew is that they were following Moses. And it was hard. It was an incredibly anxious time. And the people were often hungry and tired and thirsty and afraid. And they would wonder, is God with us or not? When the going got rough, is God really here in the desert? Is God really and truly among us? Even though in just the previous chapter of our story, they had been without water. The water where they camped was bitter, and they could not drink it. And so they cried out to the Lord, and Moses cried out to God. And God gave a piece of wood and said, Moses, put this piece of wood in the pool of water, and the water will become sweet to drink, and the people won't be thirsty. And Moses did as the Lord commanded And the water became sweet, and the people were no longer thirsty. And also in that chapter, just just a few paragraphs ahead or behind us, just back there, they had been without food, and they cried out to Moses, We are hungry. Have you brought us into the desert to kill us with hunger? Wouldn't it have been better for us to stay back in Egypt? where we enjoyed the flesh pots of meat. You have brought us out here to kill us. And what did God do? In the morning, there was manna all over the camp. God provided the bread and the people ate. And they were no longer hungry. And then, just 
A few paragraphs after that and before this story, the people are hungry for meat. Now, now, they're getting a little testy, I would say. They're getting hungry, and now they're like, God, we want meat. Why have you let us out into the wilderness to starve us to death? And so, in the evening, a flock of quail came and rested on the camp, and they all ate meat. Egypt, even though there was slavery and cruelty, starts to look better when things are so dire in the desert. And the tempers turn on Moses time and time again, as is happens in anxious times. Today I chose to preach on leadership because we are ordaining and installing a new class of leaders in our congregation. Elders who will be leaders in the governance of the church, decision-making for our congregation, and deacons who are leaders in the caring ministries of our congregation. They have been called by God through the voice of you to follow Jesus and to lead the people towards God's kingdom of equality and justice and love as Christ envisioned for us the kingdom of God. But this sermon today is not only for elders and deacons because we need leaders. Our nations, our families, our communities need leaders. And each and every one of us from time to time is called to lead. And we live in anxious times. This is what I believe. I believe that God is trying to move our culture, our society, our world to a new place a place closer to the kingdom of God. I believe it is Jesus' vision for the world where Israelites and Samaritans, age-old enemies, become friends, where outsiders are included, where strangers are welcomed, where men and women are treated with equality, where the sick are healed, the poor are cared for, and children are blessed. This is where I believe that God is truly leading us as a people throughout the whole world. But the way to God's kingdom is not a straight path. And while Jesus promises to show us the way, he does not promise that it will be easy. And so at this time in our history, anxiety hangs in the air. The great rabbi Edwin Friedman wrote about leadership in ages of anxiety. And I want to just tell you what he outlines as markers of anxious times. Intense reactions to events and to other people. Uproars over perceived slights. 
blaming others than taking responsibility for our own actions. A quick fix mentality that looks for shortcuts and easy answers. A people in anxiety focus on weakness rather than strength. And there is an adaptation to the least mature members of our society. The society tends to regress, wanting to go back to the way it was before we began moving closer and closer to God's kingdom. And there is much complaining and blaming of those who are trying to see the way through to the new place to which Christ calls us. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must face our own anxiety. We must go into the place inside of our hearts that asks, is God with us in all of this or not? Is the source of goodness and love more powerful than hate? Is God with us or not? A week ago today, the elders and deacons gathered with those who are being ordained and installed today to hear statements of faith. And they were all beautiful and so authentic and moving. We heard these stories and it was the greatest gift. And there was water in the desert. On Tuesday, with David Notley, I sat just an hour or so after Marcia had died. Her body was there and we waited and we prayed. And her children drove through blizzards to come and say goodbye. There was tremendous sadness. They knew that it would happen, but not so soon. So there was shock and grief and tears. But there was also storytelling. The arrival of a friend that brought so much comfort. And then there was more storytelling and even laughter. In the midst of death, there was life. There is water in the desert. On Friday, I heard on NPR a story about a neighborhood in Jerusalem where Arabs live next door to Jews, and of a time when they never went into each other's homes. You just didn't do that because you didn't know what kind of greeting you would get. It was anxious and afraid. But they decided two women decided that they would learn each other's languages. And so the Arab woman, 30 years old, teaches Arabic to Jewish people at their little community center. And the Jewish woman teaches Hebrew to the Arabs in the local community. As one man said, how can we ever 
be one with each other when we cannot speak each other's language. They visit each other in their homes. It's just normal. There is water in the desert. Yesterday I came for the children's Easter festival and I had the pleasure of meeting Waverly, May, Pelts, Eric's new baby, just eight days old. It was new life. And tears were in my eyes. It is said that every newborn baby is God's hope for our world. New life. There is water in the desert. God is in the wilderness places. In the midst of anxious fear, in the face of death, God gives life. There is water in the desert, even from a hard, dead rock. God brings forth life. So from Rabbi Friedman and from Moses, I want to offer these lessons on leadership to everyone who leads, and that is all of us. First, number one, expect grumbling. Moving towards the promised land or the kingdom of God is hard, and of course, there will be grumbling. Sometimes I wish you knew that you all grumble. Believe it or not, sometimes people grumble that I preach too much on justice. But for every person who grumbles, another person grumbles, why don't you preach more on justice? When we hear the grumbling, we must listen to everyone. We must hear all of the voices. And then we must listen even more deeply for God. Of course there will be grumbling. Number two, when things heat up, take a deep breath and count to ten. Practice self-regulation, as Friedman likes to say, or in other words, bite your tongue. Moses got a bit testy with the people, but considering all that he had done for the people, think of what he could have said. Think of what God could have said. Number three, focus on strength. Moses cried out to the Lord, Listen to the people about strength. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 46, Psalm 59, Oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you. God, you are my fortress. God, you show me steadfast love. 118, 
The Lord is my strength and my might and has become my salvation. Water in the wilderness. Psalm 138. On the day I called to you, you answered me. You increased the strength of my soul. We must cry out to God for help. We must remember to pray, to pray, to ask God for help. What am I to do, God? God will increase the strength of our souls. Pray for your leaders. Pray for the elders and the deacons who are being ordained and installed. Pray for leaders in our world and in our community. Pray that God will increase the strength of many souls. Of course, number four, look for the water in the wilderness. Look. Be curious. Wonder about things. Be willing to be amazed. God stood before Moses. God showed Moses the rock. Look here. Ask. God will show you the rock. Number five. Stay the course. No matter how hard it is or how much grumbling, do not go back to Egypt. Number six, and this is one of the most important. Friedman says that in anxious times, one of the most important things that we can do is to keep a sense of humor, to be playful with one another, to be humble, to know that no leader does it perfectly, not even Moses. And so when things get deadly serious, someone needs to tell a funny story. It is not disrespectful. It is a sign of God's presence. A few month or month and a half ago, at our staff meetings, we say prayers. And then we say gratitudes for one another, for the ways in which members of our staff has helped us. And then we added, just in the last couple of months, the weekly joke. Eric has been the font of jokes because, of course, Eric has little kids and there are always jokes. They're terrible jokes. They're awful jokes. And that makes them all the more funny. And there we laugh. There we laugh and we are playful. We started out in the Badlands in the hot, hot summer. I want to leave you with one other image. There's a super bloom in the deserts of California because the rain has finally come after five years of drought and the weather has been cooler than what is typical. The rain has sunk into the soil 
and awakened seeds that have not been awakened for years and some for decades. And so there are fields of poppies in the desert. There are carpets of purple sand verbena and white dunes of evening primroses. Go online and Google super bloom. There is water in the desert. Every single one of us is called to follow Jesus and to lead others to the kingdom of God. Be a leader. Trust that God is with us. My friends, there is water in the desert. Amen.